I am Sam J. Jones, Flash Gordon. Okay. Oh, hey. excuse me. That's okay. It's been a long day. <laughs> the dome always does that to me. Okay. It's good to be seen. It really is. And you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. Tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Bye-bye Saturday night. Good evening, everybody. It's TalkCast 208 tonight, brought to you by the number 664. Deep in Area 51 on the sub-level 14, due north slidewalk adjacent to the Buffy and Faith Slayer Sister Thrill Ride, and across the mineshaft from the Holly Golightly Charm School and Photo Booth, I am the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight are the usual suspects. And we have a full cast here tonight, which is more than we've had in a while. In the Revere Time Vortex, our violence on board Vixen, blah, 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 president of technicalness, sometimes level-headed, oddly sarcastic or sarcastically odd, you decide, Kriana. This episode is also brought to you by the number three, wink, wink. <laughs> From the stacks of her personal silent zone in the Dank Dungeon Reading Room, staff writer for the Happy Times Robot Review, e-zine of mechs everywhere. When she remembers to unmute herself, she can be interesting and verbose or verbosely interesting. Again, up to you. It's the Zombrarian. See, you called me verbose and I was like, and now I have nothing to say. <laughs> there was a robot. There was a robot. From the four-color vault of comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, our lovely Ginger Ingenue, the woman best remembered as choreographer in Dirty Dancing, Zombie Jamboree, our very own Dust Bunny in the cleaning room of horror, it is the dead redhead. I was trying to picture what would happen if you picked somebody up in one of those those jump things from Dirty Dancing, if body parts would fall off, or <laughs> what specifically would happen, but yeah. That would, that would be odd. Our guest tonight is is a great friend of the show who's been on the show before. Uh, well, he'd be a friend of the show even if he hadn't been on the show before. The producer, director, cartoonist, uh, 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 incredibly cool writer, and, and great fun guy, George O'Connor. George, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Oh, applause. You guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I think if they did that dirty... Oh, oh, no, please, stop. Um... <laughs> I think if you did that dirty dancing lift, as soon yeah. as you got the zombie up, your hands would then go right through the guts. Oh, and so, like then, so then you'd essentially be handcuffed with zombie guts. With <laughs> the I was mouth thinking the same thing. You. Like you'd have to make sure to grab ribs to really make sure That's they stayed right. up there. Because it would go through the chest cavity. It would. Now, I, I really hope someone from Walking Dead is listening to this. <laughs> Because seriously, how much would we shit ourselves if, like, next season <laughs> that happens? Because they'll never pay us. <laughs> you know, we don't need I, to be paid. The five of us would know. 
And, and it would just time be the see... idea of hearing this soundtrack. I exactly. Had the time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good lord. Something would have to liven up that movie. Uh... Ah! Thank so... you! Thank you, one fan. <laughs> if you don't know 664, Neighbor of the Beast, you deserve to be slapped in the head. Perhaps one of the funniest web series ever developed. Uh, and George, I don't know if you've been listening to the show for the past month. We have been billboarding you as Kriana. Would you care to say it? Oh, well, now I don't have it in front of me, but, George, I I have said repeatedly that you will announce when season three is happening (laughs) on the show tonight, so. Yeah, once you gave gave me that little wink and a nod at, at, uh, what was it, the Providence Comic Con, um, yeah, I started listening in, and then I started listening, oh, she's selling this, like, every episode. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. (laughs) You know it. So. So when's it going to be? <laughs> I, I, you know, every time you ask me this question, I feel so terrible because I'm like breaking your hearts all over and, and over again. Uh, there, there unfortunately is, is no, no plan for uh, 664 season three. Um, and it. I know, I I know. Where's the Where's the crying baby uh, music drop um, for that? <laughs> go with the creepy children. <laughs> the was that, that is ang- angry cow in the middle of the field. Apparently, <laughs> angry cow does not like our answer. Or or the failure trombone, you know, whichever. Yeah. Wah, wah. So, so George, what what I'd like to suggest at this point. Is six four the next generation? <laughs> we we this is the thing is that we're not it's not for a lack of ideas. Um, you know we've we've kicked around over the years because I think you know I think the last time we sh- well I can tell you because uh, my son had just been born. Uh, the, I recall the, the, it was. <laughs> He was at at most he was a month old when we shot the last episode for six six four and you know he would so that would be four years ago um, wow. and so you know every now and then we'll talk about it or someone's got you know the beginnings of an idea of well we could do this and we could do that and a couple of them are like okay I could see running with that. Um, and it's funny that you say the next generation because one of the ideas was, um, you know, we're going to have to go back and like fill everybody in on what the hell we're talking about in a second, but, uh, <laughs> we were going to have Lucifer <laughs> and Arthur running an in-home daycare center. Oh, sweet oh! Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay, so, so we'll backfill for, for people that, that for some reason weren't listening three years ago. Um, yeah. all right, so. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so six six four was this web series uh, that I created, and luckily had a bunch of talented friends who were willing to go on this this ridiculous ride with me. Uh, the premise is a family buys a home; they think it's a perfect little home until they realize that Satan is living next door, who himself is trying to live a quiet suburban life away from hell. And essentially, it's kind of like a double fish out of water story. Nobody in the neighborhood wants to 
interact with Satan because our Satan was you know red faced with horns, always dressed in black. So everybody knew he was Satan. So no one wanted to hang out with him. The problem was he really kind of wanted just to have some friends. Just he to, did you know, buy Girl Scout cookies, though. Yes, yes. Right. The evil it, Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, and it turned out the most evil person in our show was the Girl Scout. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we did. Um, so like I said, it kind of became this double fish out of water story. Um, and we did uh, two seasons, 34 episodes total. Um, and I mean, if... If anything came out of it, it was this wonderful friendship that uh, never would have would have blossomed. I'm blushing. I am. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, I mean, I honestly, I can't thank you guys um, because, as individuals and as a collective on Sat- uh, as Sci-Fi Saturday Night, w- you know, uh, us in the trenches, um, when y- people, you know, like like Sci-Fi Saturday Night digs what we're doing. And goes, I mean, goes out of your way to let us know that you dig what we're doing. That that can be the thing that when we're sitting there going, no one's watching, no one cares, why do I keep doing this? You know, I personally, I've got you guys in the back of my head going, no, no, no. People do find this interesting. People find this so interesting enough. We were, what, we were part of your Halloween it was um, party. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ago. Our annual Halloween party, and we showed it to our guests, and they loved it. And we were trying to push them to get their own copies. And you know, I and I, I can't put into words how much that meant, and still means to me as a creator, and how important that is to you know not only you know guys like you, Sci-Fi Saturday Night, and everything you do, but anybody that's listening that might have a podcast or a blog or it's just a fan. You know, it's that idea of that the 10 seconds it takes for you to tell an artist, hey, I really dig what you're doing. If that's it, you have no idea how much fuel you've just given that person to, to, to keep going and to keep slogging through the nights when you think nobody cares or it's never going to work or blah, 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 wine, wine, wine. Um, you know, so if it tends to, you know, so hey, if it's all, it, like, all it takes is one person in our Ustream chat room. That's all it takes. It's all you, Cam. That's right, Cam. Right. And that is that is so true. And so, you know, if a 10-second conversation can do that, you know, I can't tell you the three-year, four-year relationship we have, how awesome that is to, to have that. By the way, I uh, don't know if this will motivate you to actually do a season three, but Cam <laughs> is disappointed. Aww. I, this is where it breaks my heart is because I go through, I, I, you know, everything I just said and, I'm, and I still have to look at you guys in the face and go, I don't think there's going to be a season three. Um, well, I'm going to I, politely not believe you. Yeah, I think we're I, going to politely not believe I'm you. I'm going to be in some serious <laughs> denial and every time I see you, I'm going to ask you until it happens. Okay. Here's well, shit, like we haven't done that anyway. That's true. <laughs> Let's put this game plan together. Mm-hmm. If any, if you guys, if anybody listening knows anybody at like the Sci-Fi Network <laughs> or um, FXX, something like that. I know the director you, of Sharknado. Do you? <laughs> if yeah, you I don't know if that's a good thing. I, who knows? I, I love, I love 
that I love the the idea over at Sci-Fi, which is you know every now and then you know they've got their 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 havens and their stuff like this, and every now and then they go, yeah, it's Sharknado. We know it. You know it. <laughs> wink, Let's, wink, you know, nudge, nudge. Right. Well, it's not even a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's you know hitting you with a big you know mag flashlight. You know, <laughs> I was going to say it's like over. the guy in the trench coat that comes up to you on the bus and's like, "There it is!" <laughs> <laughs> it's Sharknado. Uh, it's Sharknado. <laughs> and then he and shows it, you his Sharknado. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> ah. And this everybody goes, that has never actually happened to me on the bus. I'm sure if it did, I would be incredibly traumatized. <laughs> but it has happened on the train. Okay, so here's what we'll do. Like I said, um, if you know people who know people, send them uh, on. The, the entire series is up on YouTube. Um, you can go, you know, YouTube backslash Lazy Horde, L A Z Y H O R D E. Why don't, why don't we post yeah. that on the website? I think we could cool. do that. Yeah, it's it's all up there. Um, you can also go to the website lazyhorde.com. Uh, DVDs. Yes, you can order the DVDs on there as well. Um, so, you know, if you want to see a season three, um, I, the best way to for me to convince everybody to come back is the phrase, I can pay you now. Uh, how about kickstarting season three? You know, I was just about to think about that. I was just about to mention that That'd as well. That'd be interesting. Because that's the thing is, and again, I don't know. I I hope this will kind of like going behind the scenes will be interesting to somebody. Basically, what happened was, um, babies everywhere. That is the shortest <laughs> way. To, it's um, the shortest way to kill any project. Really, uh, Tracy and I were um, were kind of the first to go, um, and then uh, to breeders. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we, had, we had our boy, and then. Uh, Tony, who played Lucifer, uh, he and his wife had a child. Um, our our friend Alex, who did a lot of camera work and lighting work, they have two kids. Um, and so, you know, all of a sudden, free time is just gone. Oh, screw it, uh, man! You make the time. There is no free time. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's... You gotta you gotta tell people the story of the first time we met you. At Boston Comic Con four years ago, it's almost five years ago now. No, it was four years ago. Yeah, about four. Well, at this Dome, point, Dome, are you now. going a little senile? And we were. We had booths directly across from each other. Yes. Okay. So were we doing the photo booth? You you were, you had it? the photo booth, and yeah. you also had oh, Satan stealing yes. your kid. Remember? Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this and was thanks um, by monkey. <laughs> Oh my God! I forgot. I forgot that. I still have. If you if you guys don't have the photo of that, I'll find it. I don't know if you can like link it somewhere. Awesome, awesome. Let's let's throw that up there as well. All right. So, um, the first Boston Comic Con we ever did uh, was to uh, promote Six Six Four, and we had just launched our comic Healed. But at the time, Six Six Four was was my big uh, time and and creative energy uh target and so what we did is we bought two tables and we took one of those tables and completely just threw it away and put up a giant green screen yes you did and, and i have and that so, picture still too. Yep. <laughs> and so we, we set up basically a makeshift photo booth 
where we had Tony dressed as Lucifer. So again, all black, red-faced, red horns on his head. Um, mm-hmm. And then we had our friend Diana, who then uh, became one of uh, the actors in season two. She played Anne. Right. Um, she was dressed up as Satan's incredibly sexy right-hand woman. That's the picture, uh, have, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> the hell you oh, of say. Of course it is. Uh, Shock! Yeah, she's like, She's like I know. five. She's like five eight on her own, and then she threw on like six inch heels or something oh like that. Oh my god, she towered um, over me. Yeah, and so and so what we did was we did these these green screen photos for anybody, and I'm trying to remember we could put you in the pits of hell uh, on a yep. beach, um, and I'm blanking on what the third one was. And so basically, yeah, you know, we spent the all all day and then um you know the week after that just a whole lot of photoshopping and sending out those photos to anybody that came by and so what happened was um tracy my wife uh came by one of the days um and she had our uh, logan uh our, our kid in a baby bjorn and we thought well this will be funny so which is always how the best best ideas oh, yeah start. this is always the start so, of a bad idea yeah. Think, yeah, this will be funny, <laughs> uh, especially if it comes out of my head and like people start agreeing with it. Um, so Tony, Tony has been a friend of ours for at this point almost twenty years. Trust him, you know, like like a brother. So we put Logan in the baby Bjorn around Satan, and <laughs> Satan starts walking around the convention with Tracy two feet behind him. Going, I didn't think you were serious. I really, I, you know, no, please give him back. I just, I wasn't serious about that deal. I just, I didn't think you were serious. And started walking. The plan was to walk around the entire convention. But about t- a third of the way through, they yeah, realized. 75 feet, as I recall. They, they were getting a lot of awkward and concerned looks. And not as many people thought it was as funny as we thought it was going to be. So we quickly said, okay, maybe shouting, please don't take my baby to Satan, isn't as funny and obvious to everybody else as it is to us. I think it was the point at which the Boston cop literally walked over to Tony. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Excuse me, Mr. Satan? Balls of steel, Boston cops. Balls of steel. I was just in hysterics. As Tony's face when the cop walked over to him was hilarious. It was like, <laughs> oh crap, what have I done? <laughs> Which is always the face you expect to see when, you know, talking to Satan. Absolutely. <laughs> Satan's really sheepish over there. Silly me, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, and that was our first, you know, that was our first con ever. Um, and, you know, we went there. Um, you know, to basically see, well, does anybody else care? You know, does anybody else care about this? Six and unluckily for you, yeah. we were right next to you that whole yeah, night. Yeah, I, you know, and I've been to enough conventions at this point to know how bad a weekend can be if you've got a bad table mate, which oh, makes me so appreciative of guys like you who are awesome table neighbors. You know, who Aww. can just can just make you because uh, 
I know this might sound weird, but standing for 15 hours oh, yeah. is, can, can get draining. Oh, um, yes. and, the, and the shine can come off of that real quick. So when you've, when you've got people, when you've got neighbors who you can, you know, bullshit with and have a laugh with, and, um, you know, you've basically got each other's back for the whole weekend, oh, my yeah. God, it makes such a difference. It was definitely that was definitely one of the more interestingly fun conventions that we did, only because uh, we had great neighbors for that one. It's like you know the very first Boston con we did, we had uh, was- Art O'Callaghan next to us. Oh, okay. We had you the second time, and the Underburbs. And Underburbs, right? Mm-hmm. I love the Underburbs. Yes. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yes, yeah, so, I mean that was um, like I said. I mean, not only did we make great friends with you about 664 but that was also uh the first time we had debuted the comic that uh my healed. friend artist yeah. griffin and i did called healed um by the way griffin you're not here tonight i'm coming uh, at you i'm coming we after gotta, you well maybe you could do a uh, a drop and you guys are at uh, megafest this weekend right Indeed. We are, yeah. Depending depending on when you listen to this, you are at Megafest Saturday. The or we were at Megafest, right? Yes. Yeah. The twenty third, twenty fourth. Well, Griffin will be there, um, so you can hound him directly. Well, I, I also have another bone to pick with him because I I'm still waiting for my artwork from uh, Rhode Island. So. Oh snap! <laughs> oh snap! What do What did you order? Um, he has a really awesome supernatural piece. Yes, he does. That's yeah, very cool it's, it's you know, uh, God, I'm going to start going off into 105 different directions. That's okay. Um, but it's fine. Let you do that. I can, I can, I, I can tie this all up. So, um, so yeah, so we did healed, and again, the the quick elevator pitch on healed is what would happen tomorrow if all disease and illness disappeared today. Um, and it's 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 uh, what we did is instead of worrying about the big idea of well what caused it we don't care about what caused it we wanted to see how people would react to it and yeah, so there's this causality and you dealt with causality yes. completely yes through. exactly because that you know people reacting well or not well um is what we were interested in but we had no this was our first it was the first comic i had ever written it was the first sequential art that griffin had ever drawn uh and we had no idea if anybody else would find this concept interesting and it was really satisfying to walk out of that first show going, uh, enough people are interested that this is worth continuing. Um, and again, you know, tying it to where I was about to go, to where you know, Griffin, watching Griffin over the last four years um, grow as an artist, um, grow his confidence, grow his persona, and I hate saying this, but growing his brand... Um, you know, everybody scrape your tongue now. Um, That's okay, it, you it, can say that. But it's, it, but it's the right word. Right. Um, it, watching him grow has been, has been fantastic. To see him find his niche at these shows and really bring art and bring ideas to these shows that I'm not seeing anywhere else on the floor. Um, and watching people just lose their mind because Griffin has tapped into something that they thought they were the only ones that liked or dug. And I mean, right. I have seen people lose their mind 
when they like they'll <laughs> see that su- they'll see that supernatural uh, picture because I thought I was the only one that liked supernatural or really what it is is Griffin's the only one doing supernatural fan art. I know so, what's up with that. I I don't know. I th- I don't know. I if you look around, there's you know, superheroes, whatever the convention vibe is they're always going to be superheroes there but what cons have become now is it's not just about comic books good or bad it's about you know this kind of this pop culture um and you know the nerd pop culture the geek pop culture um you know that that's starting to get encompassed but not a lot of people are branching out on that but then griffin Griffin loves that stuff. He's a huge Supernatural fan. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, man, and, uh, I really wish he was on tonight. Like, not that I, you're not a scintillating personality. <laughs> no, I, I wanted him on here as well, um, because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Griffin. You know, I, I, there are thousands, millions of people in this world with ideas. And, you know, maybe they've even gone through the step of writing that, you know, we'll, we'll just focus on comics, you know, written that script to the comic, but they can't find an artist. And so that idea just either stays in the head or stays on the page. I was lucky enough that I had known Griffin for years before getting into comics. We were friends for years. And so... You know the stars just aligned, and he he dug the idea that I was he was digging digging the idea of healed, and he agreed to come on this this you know goofy little journey with me, and you know healed wouldn't exist. All these other books wouldn't exist if it wasn't for him. Um, and I really, I re- it's really hit me recently. It's like you know how big of a role he plays because he he doesn't. He's happy with me kind of like pitching the comics and doing all that stuff. He's he's happy that he doesn't kind of have to do that. But to me, that kind of skews the spotlight a little bit. Where it's like, you know, fine, you know, I might be the writer, but it doesn't exist without him. So yeah, I was to to you know loop back. Um, that's why I was I was like, can we have Griffin on as well? Because like I said, I'm not here if it's not for him. Can I tell um, you a story I, about Healed? Please let me breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sorry that, was, that was that, that was a villain esque monologue right there. there. There's like, twenty oh. minutes we're not getting back, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when I brought uh, Dave Von Doom, one of our our reviewer, in, uh, he he had asked for a while if he could write for the website, and we talked about it, and I dropped issues one through five of Healed on his desk at work. And said, "Review this." Little did he know that was a test. <laughs> oh, he damn well knew it was a test. Oh, come on, my way was more dramatic. I know, I know. <laughs> so what he didn't know was whether I liked it or not, what I thought of it, because I refused to talk to him about it. I just said, "Write a review on this." He came back to me like two days later. And he goes, "This is really fucking cool." Literally, that was the first sentence out of his mouth. I'm going to put that as the next poll quote. and i said okay what do you like about it and 15 minutes later when he was done i said have you written that down yet (laughs) (laughs) because until you write it down uh, we can't publish it (laughs) but literally that was that was 
I've, I've used that with a couple of people to just kind of go, tell me what you think of this, write a review of this. And I can usually tell by how articulate they are in what they're saying about it because it's a really interesting way to go about telling the story. The perspective of the story is very different from what you expect in this kind of a genre, the end of, end of something genre. Right. Uh, and and it's just incredibly cool. And we know and if I, they don't like it that we don't respect their taste. So <laughs> there is, you know, and frankly, there is that too, which is what I never tell them. <laughs> oh, you see, you guys are the best. Um, <laughs> no, thank you, thank you for that. It was, um, yeah, like I said, you 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 throw this thing out there, and you you have no idea if people are going to dig it. You have no idea if you're doing it right. Um, and so, you know, stuff like that, it's the fun thing about doing healed and the fun thing about going to these conventions is the conversations that get brought up with it. Um, because, you know, again, just kind of going behind the curtain a little bit, uh, the way these books are set up is they're three eight page stories. Uh, and so what we do is we do a whole lot of bouncing around. So we don't really follow one person or group the entire time we kind of do these short little eight page stories like all right what would happen in the pharmaceutical industry and then we tell that little story what would happen you know how would this whole healing no more Mm -hmm. diseases no more illnesses are we going to live forever how is that going to affect religion um and then other stuff like all right well what would happen if you put grandma in the old folks' home, thinking, well, we're never going to see her again. And then all of a sudden, you get the call that, hey, Grandma's fine, she's lucid, and you have to come pick her up. Yep. And, you know, so how would that affect the family dynamic? Um, and p- I think because we kind of bounce around like that, it, it for us, it became this fun what-if brainstorming session um, and those, those dinners where Griffin and I would just, you know, like I said, grab dinner and we kind of all sit down with our little like half baked ideas and just start talking and start bouncing stuff off of each other. Those are fantastic nights. You know, um, that's, that's why you keep creating is for those brainstorming sessions where you get really geeked up and excited for it. Um, and what I've noticed is Maybe because of the idea, maybe because of the way we we produce the books. Like I said, it's three eight-page stories. We get people kind of coming up to us going, well, have you thought about this? What about Mm -hmm. that? What about this? Yeah, exactly. And that kind of reignites the fires um, to see that that it's having that kind of reaction with other people, that they're walking away and thinking about it and, and wanting to talk about it as well. That's That was never intended, but such a fantastic and fun outcome of doing the book. Well, it's just throwing more fuel into the fire for you because, you know, there are people who read issue one and then go, you know, catch you at the next con and go, you know, I was thinking, what, what happened with this? Or, yep. and, and I, I've, I've seen it happen. I've been sitting at your booth talking to you when somebody's walked up to you and done that at, at Boston was it last year or the year before? Um, I I don't want this to come off as cocky or anything like that. It's happened for the last three years. Um, That's amazing, once, man. Once, and again, I don't want this to come off as cocky, but once we put out that first issue, um, 
you know, people at, at shows that we've kind of become regulars at, that people know that they're going to be able to find us and, you know, pick up the next issue, pick up the story. You know, we've, we've got people running up to our, and I say running because literally at one point we had this kid run up to our booth because, you know, he had bought issues one and two last year and he needed the rest of the story. And so he's there buying the books. 30 seconds later, you know, a pack of other, you know, three or four other kids come walking up and he's showing the kids the books. And one of the kids turned to me and goes, he wouldn't stop talking about this book the entire drive up here. <laughs> and he said it with that deadpan face that said, oh, you had a long drive to come up here. <laughs> um, one of the things I, I, I like doing because it, it, it works is, um, you know, someone's interested in the book, but maybe they, they're not sure they want to drop, you know, 12 bucks on the entire series. I'll say, all right, buy the first two issues for five bucks. It's almost lunchtime. When you grab something to eat, read the books. If you dig it, you know, come back. We'll hook you up with the rest of the series. Um, and people, you know, that's at 11.30. 2 o'clock, I'll see that person coming down the aisle making eye contact with me. And they'll come up and go, I read it during lunch. I need the rest of them. Nice. You know, that, you know, you or the, the, the flip side of that is, you know, a two or three day con. All right, you need something to read tonight? Pick up the first issue. Pick up the Yes, two issues. Uh, if you dig it, come back tomorrow morning. We'll hook you up. And they, you know, they're one of the first sales in the morning because you know they they read it the night before and they want to read more of it. Um, that it's it again. You you know, if you've got creators of any type of art listening to this, I think there'll be a lot of nodding heads when I say there's a whole lot of self doubt and a whole lot of um i don't know lack of confidence in like almost every creator and i think the more someone says i'm fantastic i'm great i don't worry the louder they are about that the more they are about that <laughs> um you know i'm just out on front street where i was like i have absolutely no confidence whatsoever it's those those moments where you're like all right all right shut up because <laughs> you know if if this if this was a bad product this wouldn't be happening over and over and over again. And again, I don't say that to, to pat myself on the back. It's more to get into the artist mentality. Of Look, the reality how is many you have so much <laughs> self-doubt that every time we talk to you, it's like, wow, you guys make me feel so good. I said, we well, should I, feel I good, man. <laughs> you should feel you good. You still like me? Yes. Yeah, really. Uh? Now, I've got to tell you, when we were at uh, uh, Granite Con, yeah, you had two new books on that I had never seen before, and I want to talk about those for a minute because they're from a different point in your career. The first one was uh, "Tales from the Comic Experience" with and by uh, with Andy Schmidt, and you yep. looked at me and you went, "Now, here's the story behind this book." So tell the audience the story. Sure. Um, so, Comics Experience, uh, it's run by Andy Schmidt, used to be an editor over at Marvel, then was an editor over at IDW. Um, he ran these kind of face-to-face -face comic book workshops, classes. Um, and then he, uh, at this point, I guess about four years ago, uh, started doing them online. And so, I, I just happened to be 
in the first class of his uh, writing course. Um, and what I found was there were 13 of us that came together on this first class. And it was, again, the stars just aligned. This, we, these were 13 people who were there because they really wanted to learn the craft, really wanted to help other people learn the craft. It, it, with, without trying, we all had each other's back from the first minute that we got together. Uh, and at the end of the course, I think it was maybe an eight-week course, we all had these short uh, five-page stories, I think. And at the end of it, um, I kind of threw it out to the group. It's like, you know, we, we all know that the only way you break into comics is to make comics. So what would you guys think about putting all, you know, all of us finding artists and putting our stories together, and we'll put out uh, the anthology of this. And I said that thinking... Of the 13 people, 11 would say yes, 6 would hit the deadline. Everybody hit the deadline. Everybody took, took, the, took, the, the, the seri- took it seriously, you know, their careers and them wanting to get these stories produced, that everybody hit the deadline. And, we, and so we put together what was the first... Tales from the Comics Experience anthology uh, that I guess has become a pseudo semi tradition um, with the with the intro to comics writing class. I know that there are other uh, Tales from the Comics experiences floating out there. Um, now, was this yeah. the first time you and Griff worked together or published? Yes, it together? was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the first story we had um, that we had worked on together. Um, like I said, it was a, a five page story. Um, and the name of the story was Mr. Awesome Saves Miss- the World, Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's still an idea I kick around every now and then. Um, it was, the, the short story was, um, you know, I think in this day and age, Superman would catch a lot more shit. <laughs> um, and, you know, kind of like a little bit of uh, uh, ir- Irredeemable. Uh, Mark Wade's book mm-hmm. um, kind of did the, the 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 flip side of of Superman, which is you know great. You saved this town, but while you did that, there was this flood over here, and this terrible thing happened over here, and this thing over here. You know, where for every person he saved, there are you know twenty other people going. Why didn't you help me? Um, and like I said, I, I think in this day and age, no one would go, what a great guy, you know, a message, there would be message boards, you know, dedicated to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to what an asshole Superman <laughs> is. You're right. You're absolutely right. I think there's there actually a website. Yeah called yeah, um, your fave is problematic. And now I kind of want to go on it and see if <laughs> Superman is there. and so i kind of just took the next step of all right you know why and i also thought about this as as presidents they get so much shit why at some point don't they go don't they go you hold a press conference just go you know what fuck you and leave (laughs) i would so pay to see that right now are you kidding me i'm doing i'm doing my best I'm doing everything I can, and you guys are on my ass for shit I can't even control. Yep. Fuck you. <laughs> and Superman, Superman would just say, you know what? It's not worth it. 
it is not worth it. Um, and so this is a really long way to say our story is about, you know, <laughs> man who said, fuck you, I quit. Um, and it was about, well, what's the one thing that could get him back into the tights? And yeah, what would be the one thing that would get Superman to come out of retirement? Save Lois Lane. So that was that was our beginning of uh, yeah this little five page uh, story and idea. The the other book that you had that I that I scoffed from you <laughs> at uh, Granite Con was Aliens Among Us, which is another co- yeah. collaboration of a, a number of uh, authors and writers. How did that one come about? Um, again, it was, is, uh, you know, a group of us wanting to keep working together, wanted to keep writing, wanted to, you know, keep putting something out there, basically just keep getting better at what we're trying to do. And, um, we had done, um, we had done another anthology before that called Great Zombies in History, um, which you can find on Amazon.com. Um, and so we had, you know, Great Zombies in History and it, it, sold well it still sells well um we actually got picked up from mcfarland publishing um and so we're we're now officially published through them which is very cool and so we did that and we had a great time doing that it's like all right what do we what theme do we want for our next one and we were like all right we did zombies what else is out there i was like aliens aliens are fun and the theme we kind of kicked on that one was well what if the aliens are already here and that was the theme, and we just kind of said, all right, everybody who wants in, this is the theme, run with it. And um, uh, I got to work with another friend, an artist of mine, uh, named Eric Carter. Um, and we, we did our little story. Um, I don't know how much I want to give away. Um, but our story is basically about an impending alien invasion and the type of scientists that would have to come together to save them. So we've got, you know, your, your interplanetary scientist. We've got kind of your, your cryptozoologist who, you know, would know how these, you know, these creatures would work and that type of thing. It's, it's a creepy little story, i got to tell you. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. The, the yeah, story is like- called Observe, Report, Destroy. Yes. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was a fun project to work on. Uh, like I said, uh, Eric Carter, I've known for almost twenty years as well. Uh, I think he's a fantastic artist, and I kind of took this as the opportunity to grab him by the scruff and say, "You're going to draw something, and people are going to see it." Well, thank God you uh, said uh, scruff. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, thank God someone else was thinking that. <laughs> Because that is yeah. not where I was going with that. Like I have oh, a filter, right? <laughs> this is—I didn't know. I didn't know. Like this was, you know, Sci-Fi Saturday Night Late Night. Of course it is. This it is always every- is. <laughs> I, then now I feel overdressed. <laughs> Trust me when I tell you. That's why we do this. Is just audio. It's because this is an entirely pants optional zone. Nice. <laughs> that's Next the time. Sumerian. <laughs> Sumerian, I fully support your decision to go pants optional. <laughs> Sci-fi Saturday Night likes this. Ding. <laughs> the uh, I'm just gonna fill up the creepy jar while I'm at it. 
May as well go for that. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> the creepy jar is more ching- jingly than I thought it would be. Uh, yeah. it kind of you can't hear the dollars drop, so you got to hear the change. <laughs> Make it rain! <laughs> no! Oh, dear God, no. <laughs> so you're not going to be at Megafest this weekend, but Griffin is. Correct. So what's what's coming up for you besides 664 The Next Generation? Anyway, so. <laughs> um, well, this year, uh, Griffin and I launched uh, our second title called Baby, which is about a, a little baby uh, monster from the deep who gets lost, confused, and accidentally trashes Atlantic City. Oops. All while, oops. All while being chased by an evil cryptozoologist because there aren't enough evil cryptozoologists in comics these days. <laughs> and we've also got uh, the obligatory cop who is one day away from retirement and just wants to survive the whole thing. Spoiler alert! He probably doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. Um, yeah, so we, we launched... Uh, Issue number one came out. Um, oh, and this is also kind of very cool because I just found out uh, this week. Um, on Wednesday of the airing of this uh, podcast, uh, baby number one will now be available on Comixology. For oh, very you- cool. There we yeah. go. So for all you people who love your comics digitally, uh, you can grab that on Comixology on Wednesday. Please do. I love it. Um, you know it, baby. Thanks. Yeah, it's um, it's we decided to make it an all ages book because um, doing these shows over these years, we've noticed you know you see a ton of kids and a ton of families, but not a whole lot of books that both the kids and the adults c- can enjoy at the same time. Um, you know, I kind of think of those those great Chuck Jones Looney Tunes cartoons where the entire family can watch it. And everybody's laughing their ass off, but on different levels mm-hmm. and for different reasons. Um, so that was that was the the bar I set for 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 the story to try and be able to do that. Um, yeah, so we made it. We made it all ages. Um, it's color, which we're very excited about. Um, Griffin absolutely excited about uh, that he gets to break out the color palette this time around. Um, so yeah, so. We are going to. It's gonna. It's gonna be a four issue series. Like I said, issue one is. Um, we did issue one this year, and so we're going to spend our fall and winter getting issues two, three, and four done, uh, because we want to come back to the con season next spring. Yes. Uh, with with that book complete. Nice. Very. Are nice. the rest of is the rest of your stuff available in Comicsology as well? Healed number one is available on Comixology right now. Uh, two, three, four, and five are in the review process. Um, so I, I, I don't know when they're going to be up. It's always a very fun surprise. Darn like you, Apple. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not Apple. Um, it's, the, it's the review process for Comixology Submit. Submit is their uh, creator-owned arm. Um, and so what they're doing is not only are they, you know, kind of chopping up your files to work on their system, you know, to make it look good on your, on your smartphone. Um, they also have to make sure your tech specs will look right on your phone, you know, cause they, they, and I, I applaud them for this. They want their books to look fantastic. 
um, and and it's I have learned this the hard way. Um, you know, I'm a writer, not a PDF maker, and so sometimes it takes me a couple times to get it right. Damn it, Jim! Uh, yeah, and plus, and plus, you know, they opened it. They opened it up, and uh, I have no doubt they got flooded with um, with with submissions to to be on it. Um, you know, so so uh, hopefully throughout this fall and winter, I'll also get to throw out the very excited, you know. Tweets and Facebook posts. I wonder if I know them. Out there. Yeah, I wonder if you do actually. Hmm. You probably they're, they're do. They're great. They're great people. And again, it's it's <clears throat> the ability to you know for them to open up their playground and let you know my my small book be available right along with the Batman's and the Supermans and you know the X Men in the as world. As it should like, be. Yeah. Ah, you're awesome. <laughs> This is why I love you guys. So, so let me ask. This is why if they want every cre- yeah, 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 I'm sorry. It, that's Go. okay. If they want hardcover, uh, if they want physical versions of Heal, sure. Where can they get um, them? At, great. Uh, the every you can find all this stuff on our website, homelesscomics.com. Um, so not only will you find all the links there, we also have eight-page previews of Healed and Baby. Uh, on the website as well, um, but from there uh, we just put out the healed trade version, so it's all five issues, one hundred oh, nice. yeah, one hundred forty-four pages. Uh, that that you can get on Amazon right now. Um, I think the quickest way to find it is just like Amazon search. The quickest healed. way to find it will be the link on our website that brings you directly. Oh, beautiful! How's that? Okay, so so healed is also available. As as a digital download on your website as Heal well. Number, um, yes, you can get it through graphically, um, and I'm trying to and baby right and well as we're speaking as of Saturday when this goes up, baby will be available on Comicsology starting Wednesday the twenty seventh, and okay. then you can but you can also order your own physical copy. From uh, indieplanet.com. Again, that link is on our website as well. Cool. Very, very cool. You know what? You know what, man? What's we've got an entire hour. We have. And all we've done <laughs> is talk about how cool your shit is. I know. Absolutely. Ah. Because independent developers, independent artists, independent writers, have the toughest time in the world, and when the stuff that they're doing is really good, people need to see it. And this is some of the stuff people really need to see because every time, you know, I if I get depressed, I gotta tell you, if I get depressed, I flip the DVD of of, of six six four in, and I just watch it and I giggle like I'm twelve. Serious. Different. Because, just kidding. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it is so damn funny and so damn different from, I mean, the barbecue scene. Sorry, the barbecue. Mm-hmm. That's all I can think about. Look, uh, George O'Connor has been joining us for the past hour of cool shit. George, thank you, my friend. Uh, guys, thank you. Uh, not only are you great friends, like I said, you you keep me afloat when I, when I am at my... Uh, most uh, annoying <laughs> about myself. You guys are awesome friends, um, and I can't thank you 
thank you guys enough. And if I could throw one more plug in, um, again, because unfortunately Griffin (laughs) couldn't be here, please learn about him at shadedareas.com. Kriana, what's happening in the next couple of weeks? Next week, author J.S. Morin introduces the final chapter of the Twinborn Trilogy. On December 7th, we are talking to author, composer, and all-around awesome guy, Rob Watts. On December 14th, Rob Smales chats with us about his new book, Dead of Winter. On the 21st, we talk to legendary designer Tommy Zotos. On December 28th, Matt Lore and Diane O'Bannon drop in to promote Dan O'Bannon's guide to screenplay structure. Oh, very cool. Dead Redhead. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, and ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals of original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by the Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, hold the folk at RobWattsOnline.com. Do? You know, it's it's an incredible time when we can sit down with a couple of friends and just really, really, really enjoy an hour. And I want to thank George for being an enjoyable guest tonight. And I want to thank our cast for just kind of laying back and having fun. From the Revered Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and the Grammar Girls Zombrarian, thank you very much, ladies. Snacks. From the Four Color Vault of Comics, thank you so much, Dead Redhead. Relax, have a cup of tea, watch something, enjoy yourself. Sounds good to me. This is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. That sounds good. That sounds perfect.